When you have a new baby, there are a lot of big changes for moms. There are a lot of new roles and responsibilities on our plate, but there are also a lot of new changes for dad too. In this episode, we're sharing some of our best advice for dads to love and support their wives well in the newborn season and thrive in their most important two roles as husbands and fathers. This is Life with Amy and Jordan. In a recent episode, we were sharing all of the ways that we have survived newborn life. And I was speaking a lot from- I feel like we should have a t-shirt, not to jump in, but there should be a t-shirt. I survived (laughs) the fourth trimester. For real. We should all get one of those. Um, With like a Jurassic Park. It could be like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but it's a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Those would sell like hotcakes. I see it now. I feel like they both have little arms. So that's something that the Tyrannosaurus, you know, the T-Rex- Yeah, that's what the T-Rex and our babies have in common. Yeah. Very short arms. No teeth. (laughs) Jagged little fingernails, though. I mean, can you believe it? On a little baby, how jagged those fingernails are. It's true, and they're so hard to clip with those baby nail clippers. I feel like I'm going to clip off our children's fingers. That should be another t-shirt. I survived clipping my baby's fingernails. (laughs) That should be a podcast episode. No, a YouTube video. No, it should be a course. How to clip your kids. There probably are YouTube videos. Maybe we should watch a few and get better at it. Yeah. Sorry, Beckett. I clipped you a few times. Poor guy. Um, anyway, when we were recording the episode about surviving postpartum life, I was speaking a lot from a mom's perspective, and I thought it would be really cool for Jordan to share a little bit about what the postpartum season is like from a husband's perspective, and just talking a little bit about some of his rules for operating during postpartum life, because even though it's a lot of change for us as the moms, it's also a lot of change for you, Jordan, as the dad. And yeah, so I, mean, I thought you just kind of speak to that for a little while. Yeah, sure. I think that's probably where, so that I don't have like torches and pitchforks and have like a Beauty and the Beast scene on my hands, a mob scene scene on my hands. One thing I just want to start by saying is that there's no question and there's no doubt that in the child rearing process, the moms have it 10 times worse, a (laughs) hundred times worse, a thousand times worse. What's the next multiple? A hundred thousand times, a million times, 20 million times worse than the guys have it, right? In terms of what your body goes through, what your hormones go through. Like women, your world gets rocked Mm -hmm. when you have a baby. But one thing I do think gets missed a little bit is that his world got rocked a little bit too. And so I know that for us, like when we had both of our babies, it was way harder on Amy than it was on me, but it was still hard on me for different reasons. And so I Mm -hmm. think kind of just starting this dialogue with just this idea that ladies like, just know that when, when you have a baby, there's a lot of change that your husband is experiencing too. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of emotions that he's processing too. And the sleep deprivation might not be as bad and his body isn't recovering the mm-hmm. way, you know, that yours is. I mean, I had a short, a sore shoulder, oh, you know. Yes. If you listen to Emily's <laughs> birth story, you know what a tragedy Jordan's sore shoulder was at the end of yeah. labor. <laughs> and so I think one of the things that we found really helpful is that if we kind of acknowledged like, hey, there may be times in the fourth trimester, like in those first 12 weeks after a baby is born, probably your wife is going to have more emotional breakdowns than you are, right? She's probably going to have more roller coaster moments and all that kind of stuff. But what I want to encourage the guys out there is it's really, really important for you to communicate the way that you're feeling to your spouse and not bury your feelings because you're concerned that by you sharing your feelings about what feels hard about the season to you, that you're going to be like adding on to her already heavy burden. And I think one Mm -hmm. of the things that Amy and I have found in marriage is that, uh, our burden is lighter 
when we're able to share the burden with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And there, there's no better person to share that with than your spouse. And I think Mm -hmm. that open dialogue and open communication, I think one of the things we talk about a lot in our marriage is just say what you mean Mm -hmm. and, and, and say, say how you're feeling. Like, because blank happened, it made me feel this way. And I've said to Amy, a lot of times since both of our babies were born, like, Hey, this probably isn't rational. And I'm just feeling upset because blank, or I'm feeling kind of down right now or in a funk because of blank. And I can't put my finger on it, but I think it might be this, but I just wanted to let you know, I know you're going through so much more than I'm going through right now. But what I don't want to happen is for us to go into emotional silos where we get into this situation where now because Amy's had a baby for 12 weeks, she's sharing all of her thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And I'm burying mine because I'm afraid of adding on to a load that's already heavy for her. I think that could potentially create a downstream problem Mm -hmm. in our marriage where all of a sudden I'm holding on to emotions, holding on to emotions, and I've got to have some kind of a release or an outlet for those emotions. So, And I think like speaking from a wife's perspective, I think – like I always know when there's something going on or you're upset. I stop talking. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's an intuition there of like, there's something going on. And so I always appreciate when you just clearly communicate it to me because otherwise I start letting my mind play the what ifs and what could it be and almost making it worse than it is or thinking that it's directed at me, um, which can make things feel more out of control than they really are. So just you being honest, even though I think the way that you approach it, basically saying like, Hey, I know that you just birthed a child <laughs> and kind of like starting it from that place. Like yeah. I, I'm, I know that nobody is gnawing on my nipples yeah. six hours a day. Right. Right. But I just wanted to share that this is what's going on. And I really appreciated that. And, and most of the time, like 99.9% of the time, it's not even directed like at Amy. It's just me. It's, I think it's just that for all people, men and women, it's really important for us to be able to share our feelings and then have those feelings validated. But there is like a little bit of a, this is just my opinion from coming from a guy's perspective. There's a little bit of a, well, and this is like a general cultural thing, not an Amy Jordan thing or necessarily like a you to your husband thing, but like a cultural thing of like, you shouldn't be complaining because you didn't push a baby out of you nowhere. Right. (laughs) And I think that that's definitely true, right? Like you should complain a lot less (laughs) because you didn't have to do that. But I think at the same time, we just have to be a little bit careful that it's very difficult for a lot of men to express their emotions kind of as it is. And if they feel like this is the least safe time for them to express how they're feeling, uh, because they're, they're, you know, they are not the ones who had the baby. I just want to make sure that men just feel like it's okay to express the way that they're feeling because they've had a lot of transition too and life has changed a lot for them. I think it's been uh, like when reflecting back, like it's been some of the biggest changes in our relationship because we were married for eight years before we had our first kid and all of a sudden there's someone else who's demanding all of my time and attention. And so- Little monsters. (laughs) You're used to having all my time and attention, right? So there is an adjustment period there emotionally. And I think just recognizing that and communicating and talking about it makes a big difference in maintaining maintaining that the relationship like still exists at the end of the newborn period because that newborn period is so tough. And I think it's really easy for each of, for each of us to kind of go into our corners and just survive. And instead, if we can find moments to talk and communicate about the way we're feeling, even what I think it's, it's challenging because we're sleep deprived. And so we're both have, we both have heightened emotions, especially me as the mom who's like hormones are going up and down constantly. But I think recognizing all of that and realizing like we both want the same goal, which is we want our marriage to be stronger at the end of this postpartum season and not weaker. Yeah, I think that's a huge point. And I I think the other reality is that like, guys, if your wife is taking care of the baby, 
your job is to take care of your wife, right? Oh, so I love if your that. wife Say is that ta- again. Yeah, if your wife is ta- since your wife is taking care of a baby, your job is to take care of your wife. And so Amen. something that we've done like throughout both both postpartum periods is that whenever Amy is like nursing one of our babies, that's when I go into like go 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 mode and I'm, you know, doing dishes or I'm cleaning up the house, I'm doing as many things as I can possibly do to make sure like, okay, is, are, Amy, are you good? Is the baby good? Okay, I'm going to go do X, Y, or Z for 30 minutes and just do things around the house to stay busy that serve her. And so one of the things that I try to do in the postpartum period is I try to think about the core of the onion. And so for, for me, the core of the onion, it's Amy and the baby. Those are the two most important things. And I'm going to work out from there, especially as it pertains to Amy's environment. So I'll give you an example. Once Amy is nursing one of our babies, my first job is to clean up the master bedroom. (laughs) So what I want to do is clean off the nightstands, do the dishes, make sure that her water is refreshed. If she needs a padsicle or if she (laughs) needs, you know, uh, a towel or like whatever she needs. Padsicles. We didn't talk about padsicles in the last episode. FYI, you don't don't eat padsicles. FYI. Yeah. Um, Oh, please don't eat a padsicle. So I'm going to work. Then from there, once that's all done, then after that, I'm going into the master bathroom because that's the next place she's going to be, right? I'm going to make sure that her sink area is tidied up, that the laundry is getting done, that, uh, you know, the, the the bathroom that she's using is clean and everything is good there. As I'm listening to Jordan describe all this, I'm like feeling like, ah, like a big breath of relief because it just to know that someone else is taking care of those things just brings so much peace of mind and made me feel so supported in a time when I I was trying to figure out breastfeeding. And I, even the second time around, this time around with Emily, um, breastfeeding has been so much smoother and I'm so thankful for that. But it's still just a big job, right? And it's like there's a little being that's constantly attached to me. And so the fact that Jordan is just willing to, without me even having to ask him, just be like, hey, do you need some food from the kitchen? And him like bringing me a snack while I'm feeding the baby makes me feel so loved and supported. And guys, this is the, of all the times in your marriage, this is the time to be proactive and not reactive. We have wives. We don't have moms, right? Amy is not my mom. So if Amy is is needing to, to like ask me constantly to do things that I should just be instinctively doing, like just make it on your mental checklist, master bathroom, clean, master bedroom, clean, kitchen, clean, dishes, laundry. Like these are the things that I do because beyond that, she's going to have other needs that she's going to be asking for things that you might not even know. And so just make sure to be proactive as much as possible uh, instead of being reactive. And so I think that would be like a huge, a huge tip. And I think the other thing is you've just got to be prepared a little bit for the roller coaster of emotions that things might not make sense and things might be totally illogical and that's okay. Whatever do you mean? Yeah, no, but our job is to love them through that and serve them well through that. And so I think the, the goal is that like you're taking care of her, uh, while she's taking care of the baby. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, do you love taking photos but wonder why yours don't look like the ones you see online? What if we told you there was a free online photography class that would help you fix that? We're Amy and Jordan, and along with hosting this show, we're professional photographers who help people take better pictures. We created a free online photography class where you'll learn three easy pro tricks that will help you start taking better photos this week. To reserve your free seat, just head to amyandjordan.com slash class to choose a date and time that works for your schedule. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash class. We're so excited to share three of our favorite pro secrets that will help you start taking better photos this week. We can't wait to see you in class. Now back to the episode. 
The other thing is guys, like you are the gatekeeper. So let me say that again, you are the gatekeeper, whether it's visitors, whether it's appointments, I would really encourage you to take control of the calendar because odds are she's going to be a lot more wrecked and sleep deprived and in pain than you are. And in our experience, it's been a lot harder. The The less decisions Amy can make, the better, Amen. <laughs> especially when it pertains to our calendar. And for us, we found in postpartum life that as a general rule, not having more than one thing on the calendar per day is really helpful. So like if we're doing a doctor's appointment, that's the only thing we're doing that day. Mm-hmm. Or if like we're having a visitor come over in the morning, that's the only thing we're doing that day. And I don't know if this is a, a girl thing or just an Amy thing, but I have a really hard time saying no, especially to people that I love. And during the postpartum season, I'm so excited to share my babies with everybody because, you know, I I love my baby. I'm so proud of my baby. I want everybody to see my baby and hold my baby. And I want to like just share that joy with everybody. And so I think sometimes I lose a little bit of perspective of how exhausted that's going to make me if we have like a constant rotation of visitors. And all of a sudden, I can't even use that advice, that solid advice of sleep when the baby is sleeping, because every time the baby is sleeping, someone is holding the baby and I want to be interacting with a person that I love. Yeah. And, and it let turns me, into so like let a me crazy jump in on it. Let me jump yeah. in for a second on mm-hmm. it, because that's what we found is was a killer for us in the mm-hmm. first like two, three, four weeks is It's really important, guys, if someone's going to come over and visit, if the baby is sleeping, let that person hold the baby while you and your wife go take a nap Mm -hmm. or while you go take a shower and your wife goes and takes a nap. Which is hard. (laughs) It's really hard to say no to people that we love. But here's like an insider tip from people who have been on both sides of this equation. When you have a baby, what your friends and family want more than anything in the world is to love and support you through that time. And it's your responsibility to tell them how they can best do that. It's your job as the husband to set that boundary for them because here's a kind of a common scenario that happens, right? You have a baby, you maybe a friend sets up like a meal train, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've got a bunch of people lined up to bring meals over. And all of a sudden, you know, three or four, five, six days after the baby is born, somebody comes over to bring over a meal. And let's say that they come over at four o'clock in the afternoon to drop off dinner. Okay, awesome, great. That person that's dropping off that meal, nothing about their life has changed dramatically in the last seven days. They're not sleep deprived. A baby just didn't come out of them, right? Their life is normal. They're doing a loving, wonderful thing by serving you and bringing over a meal. But what we found in our experience is that maybe we had a terrible night that night of sleep. Maybe we had a really difficult time with breastfeeding earlier that day. Maybe Amy hasn't had a chance to take a nap yet. And all of a sudden, At 3.45, the baby finally went to sleep for a really good nap. And that happens to be the time the doorbell rings and someone is there with food. Mm -hmm. And our friends and family love us. And so they want to drop that meal off. And oh my gosh, like, you know, they're they're usually like, like, is Amy here? Can we see the baby? And something that I found is that it's been really healthy for us to say, you know what? She is, but like the baby just went to sleep. And so I told her. I like banished her to the bedroom. Like I'm, I'm being bad cop, right? Like I banished her to the bedroom and I told her to go take a nap because she is so exhausted. And I know that she would love to see you. But if she happened to walk by and see you, she would not be able to control herself. She'd want to come hang out with you because she loves you so much and she would want to wake the baby up and show you or whatever. And so I think it's okay as the husband to be a little bit of the gatekeeper. Every time that we've said that to one of our friends or family, Every time the reaction is the same. Oh my gosh, of course, no problem at all. I'll just drop this off. I'll see you guys in a few weeks, no problem. But I think we build up sometimes this expectation in our own minds that, 
okay, anybody who's coming over to drop a meal off or anybody who's coming over to help us, you know, do something around the house that if we don't invite them to spend time with the baby or to spend time with Amy, then we're not loving them well. But that's an expectation that we're placing that we're assuming that they have an expectation, we're projecting an expectation on them that they might not even have. Mm-hmm. All they want to do is love and serve us well. And so nobody wins in that scenario. And so I think one of the things that we realize is no more than one visitor or one appointment per day and always never be afraid if for some reason someone happens to come and you just got down for a nap or something like that. There's nothing wrong with just saying, Hey, I'm so, so sorry that you had expected to see Amy, but she's down for a nap right now. And I really need her to sleep because she's exhausted and she hasn't slept much. That stuff is totally okay. So just remember like you're the gatekeeper. Same thing for your appointments. One of the mistakes we made with Beckett is sometimes we would schedule multiple appointments in the same day. So because he had a tongue tie, we would schedule an appointment with the pediatrician and then the lactation expert. And then, you know, then we would go to the chiropractor after that. And so we were doing like two or three trips because our thought was, well, we're already out. Mm -hmm. So we might as well just keep going. But something that I found is it was really difficult for Amy, especially in those first couple of weeks because of the sleep deprivation, because of everything, because breastfeeding was so new and such a challenge, it was so much easier for Amy to breastfeed. Like this might be graphic, but like in our bedroom, Mm -hmm. laying in bed topless, Mm -hmm. than when we were out places, it was, she would have to like get the baby under her shirt. When you're a brand new parent, like breastfeeding in public is really hard when you're a new mom and you're trying to figure it all out. And especially I had a baby who had a really hard time latching. And so it was just like so awkward being in a waiting room with a bunch of strangers trying to, oh, it was, it was hard. And so I think like us realizing, oh, if we can just tone down the amount of things on our calendar, then we're not putting ourselves through this like unnecessary struggle. Yeah. And that kind of goes to something else is that we say like we were talking earlier about the core of the onion, like do the chores around the house that are going to most immediately impact your wife. So cleaning the bedroom, cleaning the bathroom, making sure the kitchen is tidy, or if she's in the living room a lot, making sure that's done. Like the upstairs room that she's not going to go in for six weeks because (laughs) she can't go up the stairs is not a room that needs to be cleaned right now. And so one of the things- And that's coming from the king of clean. The the king of clean, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that we found is like, not only are we going to do no useless appointments or no useless cleaning, but we're going to do no useless errands. I think that's something that if you know that you're having a baby- before the baby is even born, clear those 12 weeks on your calendar after the baby for like, you don't need to have your tax meeting with your accountant, right? Push that off until later or do it virtually. I think there are so many things that you can, that you can push off until later that are not necessary because you want that to be as open and clear as it can possibly be. And I think also just being like really loose with your like social commitments during that time, people totally understand. But I think again, like as someone who loves people, as a people pleaser, yes. <laughs> I was going to say people pleaser. I tried to come up with a more positive way to say it, but that's really what it is. As someone who loves people and wants them to be happy. As someone who cares about people's feelings, I have a hard time saying no to things, um, especially when it's like, well, there's nothing else on my calendar. But I have realized, I think you, Jordan, have really helped me um, do a better job of taking care of myself during the postpartum season and recognizing it's not going to last forever. And people totally understand because newborn life is this really crazy, almost alternate universe that you live in for a little while. Yeah, totally. And I think that kind of kind of brings us to the next point, which is, um, guys, tell her she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Tell her all day, tell her all night, tell her all the time. Because as we talked about in the last episode, uh, when a woman has a baby, 
there are not only a range of emotions that they're feeling, a, a roller coaster of emotions that they're feeling, but I can still remember the first time that Amy looked in the mirror in our master bathroom and saw the stretch marks for the first time. She hadn't seen the stretch marks from Beckett's birth because they were underneath her belly. But once he was out and her belly had started to flatten back, flatten back out, she could see the stretch marks. And I can remember being in our master bedroom and her looking in the mirror and crying. And there was nothing, the tricky part about it for husbands is that there is nothing that we can say to our wives that are going to make the stretch marks go away that second. There's nothing I can't say to her, like, it's no, don't worry about it. It'll be, you know, in a couple of years, they'll fade. You won't even be able to see them anymore. Like maybe we can go, go to someone and maybe someone can help make, make it, make them less. Like, I think that for me, I'm a problem solver. So <laughs> my mistake would be immediately trying to tell her the reasons why it wasn't logical or rational <laughs> or we could solve it, which would make you cry more. So instead I think, you know, what I told her at the time was like, I love those marks because every time I look at those marks, I'm going to think about Beckett and we're going to call those Beck's marks. And I'm going to think about the babies that, that you brought into the world and the, the babies that, you know, you brought into our family. And I know it's, I would tell Amy this all the time. And I've told her this with the second one. I know it's hard for you to understand because when you look in the mirror, you, and you look at your body, how it is right now. And ladies, you know what I'm talking about, the changes that happen in your body. You look at your body right now, you can't possibly understand that I think you're more beautiful now than when we got married 10 years ago before we had kids. But as a husband, and I know the other guys that are listening right now, you can attest to this. There is something about a woman's body after she has a baby that makes her more beautiful to you and more attractive and more sexy than she's ever been before. I can't explain it. It's just a beautiful design by God. Um, but the one thing is just to keep in mind is that no matter how many times you tell her she's beautiful, she's still going to look in the mirror and see those stretch marks. She's still going to look in the mirror and see the flabby skin. And so I think just when you give those compliments to her, don't stop complimenting her and reassuring her and telling her how much you love her and how beautiful she is to you because she brushes off those compliments or because she kind of like has a, like Amy will do a sweet smile, like a no teeth smile where she kind of just smiles with, you know, kind of a, a small smile out of the corner of her mouth and she'll say, thanks. <laughs> and I know that she appreciates it, but also she still feels insecure about it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop complimenting her because it's so important for us to reassure our wives. This is the most vulnerable, tender season of their entire life. Going through the labor and delivery process is so vulnerable as it is. The amount of insecurity that she feels in the 12 weeks after having a baby is probably more insecurity in a condensed period of time than she'll ever feel the rest of her life. And so it's our job as husbands, as men, it's our job to tell our wives what real beauty looks like. And it's not the body that she had 10 years ago, although that was beautiful, but <laughs> it's the body that she has right now and what it represents. And I can't remember what movie it was. There was a movie uh, with Julia Roberts and the little kid that wore the space, like he had like the space oh, helmet. Wonder. Wonder. I love that movie. Yeah, Wonder. Wonder. And he, I think there's this scene where either she's he's looking at her face or she's looking at his face and they're looking at the wrinkles and the scars on both of their faces. And Julia Roberts said something so poetic that I'm going to botch, but mm -hmm. she explains to her son that like the marks on her face, the, the wrinkles, the fine lines, the scars, those tell the story of our life. They tell us who we are and where we've been. And I think that's one of the things that makes those Bex marks so beautiful to me mm -hmm. is that it tells that story of that season of our life. And so I would just say to the guys out there, like your number one job is to love your wives by reassuring them of how beautiful they look, even though their body has undergone some changes. So 
even though she she might not she might not be able to receive it <laughs> the way that she, that you would want her to receive it or the way that she received those kind of compliments we a year ago hear it. you still hear yeah. it that's and right and it does make a difference even though there's nothing there's nothing that you can really say or do that's going to change the way that we feel about ourselves because it is mostly like an internal thing like the way that we feel about ourselves i think it is just such a nice reassuring thing to know that that we're still cherished by our husband. And no joke. So like you don't don't make a joke of like, oh, like your stomach's a little flabby now. We match. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not a good joke. Oh my gosh. So don't make that joke. That's point five. <laughs> um We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, if you're anything like us, before you buy something online, you research to no end, which is why we're so grateful when people we know and trust recommend something they already use and love. That's why we created a list of all our favorite things just for you. Everything on this list is something we use and love in our everyday life, from baby products and cleaning products to our favorite books, our kids' favorite toys, and so much more. All our recommendations are in one place, and they're just one click away. To see the complete list and start shopping now, head to amyandjordan.com slash favorites. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash favorites. When you make a purchase using one of our links, it doesn't cost you extra. Sometimes it even saves you money. And it's an easy way to help support the show. Now back to the episode. Another thing I would say, fellas, is be willing to spend some coin. <laughs> be willing to spend a little bit of money. Amy talked about in the previous episode how one day we were, it was after Becky was born, we were getting ready for going to church, I think. Mm-hmm. And Amy went into our closet and looked at everything in our closet and none of it fit. And she just started to cry. And I think for us, we've always been people who are like conscious of our money and we try to be good savers. And for a lot of our life, we never bought anything retail. It was always consignment. And I think what we realized like in that moment was like, hey, if there's like a pair of pants from Lululemon that you think would just make your whole world and make you feel a hundred times better when you're walking around the house, or if this, you know, maternity dress would make you feel so much better and more confident when we're at church until, you know, you feel like you get your body back and you can wear your clothes again, like let's spend a little bit of money and get you some stuff. And you know what? Better yet, let's order three sizes so that you can have all this stuff shipped to the house, try on the sizes, find the one that fits you the best, and then we'll ship the rest back, right? Free shipping. I think that's something that we learned in that season was like, if Amy needed a nursing bra, she was like, I have no idea what size I'm going to be. Like 12 (laughs) bras arrived (laughs) from Amazon. Like every day was like a new bra, new bra, new bra. And But not having to leave the house and having like the luxury of being able to try everything on and then find something that fits. And I realized I shared in the previous episode that that makes a world of difference to the way that you feel. And so I think being like supported in that by my spouse and him being like, you should do this. Like you earned it. You deserved it. Made me feel not guilty. Um, it made me feel like I could do that without, um, just feeling like bad that I was spending so much money on myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing, like fellas, like our job is to be the muscle. Okay. So that's another, another kind of like postpartum tip I have is that I have tried to do everything I possibly can so that Amy doesn't physically have to lift a finger. And so what I mean by that is that I have tried to become the one who, when we're getting ready to leave the house to go somewhere, I've tried to be the one who takes the baby, changes the diaper, puts on the clothes, like gets them strapped into the car seat, gets them loaded into the car seat. When we get somewhere, get them out of the car seat or, you know, bring this, put the stroller in the car, like whatever that looks like. Yeah, the lifting of the um, car seat packing, is huge. Yeah. Packing the diaper bag, making sure that like, if we're going somewhere like that, we've got water, that we've got snacks, like for <laughs> us, right? Like just making sure that anything that requires extra effort, the goal is for your wife to do the least amount of work 
that she has to do because she's already doing so much work, right? Like for her just to keep the baby, keep like keep the baby alive, feed the baby and like get herself ready to go somewhere. That is enough work for one day. And so something I've tried to do and I would encourage you to do also is to be the muscle and just like learn how to like fold up that car seat. To like or the not the car seat the, uh, the stroller, stroller. <laughs> like like hopefully a car seat doesn't fold yeah. um like learn how to like get your baby like strapped in like learn how to take the car seat over, cover off and wash it when it needs to be washed when it gets spit up on i think those kind of things whether you're doing the laundry i mean we go through a lot of laundry around here when we yes. have a new baby and so just constantly be running loads of laundry would be another piece of advice um there are so many things that we can do to really love our wives well but i think something to keep in mind is that you will be a better husband to your wife. You'll be a better spouse. You'll be a better partner when your gas tank doesn't get too low. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to make sure that, that we all as husbands, as guys that we're reading the signals a little bit and to make sure that if the check engine light comes on, that we need to also make sure that we do a few things for ourselves. I know for me as a guy, one thing that is just really good for me and I've tried to do with both of our babies is to get a workout in. Mm -hmm. And so it might not be every day, but even if I can just get outside for a half an hour or an hour and get a run in or get, you know, I rollerblade sometimes <laughs> or go for a walk, you know, just some kind of workout. It's so good for the, for the mind, body, and soul to do that. And so, and I know I've, I notice a giant difference in Jordan when he's had the opportunity to like get those endorphins going and go for a run or go for a blade as we call it. Yeah, with a his blade. Roller, I tell blade, Amy, I'm going for a blade with his rollerblades, um, but it really does make a giant difference in just like the way he carries himself, the way he talks. I can just see a difference when he gets a chance to work out. And so even though obviously I'm not working out, um, right after having a baby, it's, it's like a priority for both of us to give him a little bit of time to do that because he is just like a whole another guy when he comes back. Yeah. And I would encourage you if you're, if you're a guy who's had, who's had a baby before, well, not a guy who's had a baby, but a guy, you're a you're, second you're, time dad. If you're a second time <laughs> dad and you've been through this before, if you know another couple who's about to have a baby, check in with that guy. Oh yeah. Dude check in in like weeks three or four. Just check in on them and say, hey, like this might be a good if you're going to leave the house, go get a cup of coffee with your buddy for mm -hmm. an hour and just sit him down and say, hey, how are you doing? And share some of your experiences from having from living through that postpartum life, because just in the same way that I think there are certain things that like women need to talk to women about, there are certain things that guys need to talk to guys about. And sometimes I found it's helpful to check in on one of my buddies and just say, hey, how you doing, man? Like, I remember when we had our first baby these were the things that I was feeling. This is what I was going through. This was, you know, whatever. I think it just really helps also in the same way that Amy said in the last episode, like ladies, you're not alone. Like mm -hmm. you think you're the only one going through this and like, you're just a crazy emotional wreck and probably <laughs> nobody else is like this. At least Instagram says they're not. And in reality, you are going through a lot. And I think mm -hmm. it's the same thing for guys. And so if you have a trusted friend or a mentor or just a dude that you really respect, um, reach out to them and just say, hey, can we just grab coffee? I just wanted to chat and pick your brain a little bit about postpartum life. I think that could be like super, super healthy and, and really, really helpful. Um, the other thing I would say is ride the roller coaster with her. Uh, and when I mean ride the roller coaster, ride the emotional roller coaster with her. I think one of the things that Amy and I found is sometimes 
um, Amy could go from like hot to cold in one second in terms of like, uh, you know, one second we could be, she could be snuggling in bed with one of our babies and be like, I just don't want to leave. I just love it here. I never want to get out of this bed. Like life is perfect. And then five minutes later, I could find her in the bathroom crying because she's like, I don't have any clothes and I want to go to church. And I just want, I just wanted us to get one good family picture. I just one good family picture at church, but I have nothing to wear. And I was like, wait, I was like, wait, I thought you were the lady who wanted to lay in bed all day. I, I, I'm, but, but I think that like, there's, there is no sense in trying to rationalize a situation like that. I would just encourage you fellas to do the very best job that you can to love her through those situations and, and, and be there for her in any way that you can. There were times that I would be crying and say, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I'm crying or like, I'm just crying because I just love our baby so much. And the tears would start flowing, you know, for almost, it seemed like no reason. And of course the reason is the hormones are all. What's that movie when they're like, why are we yelling? (laughs) I, I don't know. Maybe it's our autobiography. <laughs> I almost literally just spit my drink. I was taking a drink and I almost spit it out. Um, and I think the last thing I would just say, unless Amy has anything to add, you know, just for the guys out there, is that it's important to remember that this is a season and it won't, life won't be like this forever. And I would encourage you to do everything you can. Something we, we've been talking about a little more recently is to write the story that you want to tell someday mm-hmm. and to live every to live the story every day that you want to tell someday. And I think whenever we look back on seasons of our life, there's always things that we wish that we could do differently and things that we would do exactly the same. And as a guy who is like a doer and somebody who is so caught up with, you know, cleaning and tidying and like, what can I do, 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 do? Because sometimes I feel like when I'm doing something, that's when I'm making the biggest difference. But I would really, really encourage you not to also miss those really sweet, special moments mm-hmm. with your babies because they do grow up way too fast. And I think sometimes I have a little bit of a tendency to say to Amy, okay, you're good. Baby's good. Okay, I'm going. And yeah. then I'm going to go do a million things. And that I makes think- me feel like I'm providing for you guys. It makes me feel like I'm protecting you and taking care of you. But you are. Um, but I think sometimes the best thing I could do is actually snuggle up in bed with you guys totally. and do nothing. And I think like from a wife's perspective, there's nothing I love more, especially in this new season with our little girl. There's nothing I love more than watching Jordan just like ooh and ah over Emily and like when he uses his little baby voice with her and he sings with her and it just like melts me and it's it's like the best thing ever just to watch um, him spend time with her and allow him the time to like let go of some of that pressure of like trying to keep the house and trying to keep our life going and trying to keep the business going and all of the things that he's responsible for because he has a lot on it even though I have a lot on my plate just you know keeping a newborn alive he has a lot on his plate in all the other areas of our life and so just like getting the time for him to slow down and just like spend quality time and like ooh and ah over his little girl has been uh, one of the sweetest parts for me. Yeah. And the last thing I'll just say is take a lot of pictures, fellas. I think one of the things we realize I've realized now that we have two babies is that we tend to take a lot of pictures of our babies and we tend to like take a lot of pictures of mom with baby because she's the one that's with him most of the time. And one of the things that has made me just smile the widest, um, mm-hmm. especially with our second baby, and maybe this is a father daughter thing, mm-hmm. but when I'm snuggled up with her sometimes in bed, I've tried to be intentional about just grabbing a quick picture with just her because I think, uh, one, I can torture her with them at her wedding one day <laughs> <laughs> and show, and show her future husband, like, Hey, I was the first man she loved. You got that? <laughs> got that. <laughs> but I think also it's just, um, 
it'll be there'll be sweet memories to look back on later in life. And so that's one of the things that I, I value and cherish the most is um, not just taking the photos with our little ones, but actually being there and being present and spending time with them. Um, sometimes I feel like as guys, we feel like we're not doing something. Um, unless we're doing something. And what I've come to realize with little ones is sometimes we do the most when we do nothing and we just be with them. Thank you for listening to Life with Amy and Jordan. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a review. And if it wasn't, please don't. (laughs) Seriously, a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you. To get the newest episode as soon as it's available, hit the subscribe button.